It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harrison and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes! Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host every single day, Zach Blackerby. And joining me today, the cleanest man in radio, Noah Gardner, host of On The Line, which you can hear pretty much anywhere in the state and, of course, in the world on its podcast. Noah, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I, I don't know what I'm here to talk about today, but I, I, I'm pumped to do it. Yeah, you literally <laughs> came in, sat down in the studio. We were talking about something unrelated, and I just started recording. So, no, you know Auburn. You know Auburn like the back of your hand. You've been covering uh, You've been covering spring practice, and we're kind of in this weird hiatus. We got blasted with so much news for the past yeah. two weeks, and then all of a sudden everything that's happening, there are things happening, but it's all internal. It's all film study. It's all in coaches' meetings and I'm sure a lot of really interesting conversations are happening right now, and I think we'll see the fruits of those conversations possibly when we see kind of a glimpse of the depth chart as far as who's lining up with the the ones and who's lining up with the twos in some of these positions where there's kind of a lot of motion back and forth. Definitely the first glimpse of all of those internal discussions that you're speaking about the first opportunity that we get to see those come to fruition and them actually mean something substantially is when we see A-Day on April 17th, but we're still, you know, two, three weeks out from A-Day, which once again, coming up on April 17th, which people are going to be able to watch that on SEC Network Plus. That'd be great. So that is, I did recently just see how that was being broadcast, and maybe they'll be having jump around coverage, you know, on SEC Network as well, like they've done in the past. And I'm sure they'll re-air stuff all the time. Like, they re-air all the spring games like crazy during the offseason, so... You'll find it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there, there's been some talk in the Discord. I think all the folks that come in town or whatever, uh, I'm trying to find a place where we can do a little like Locked On Auburn meetup, meet and greet kind of thing. I think that'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to do, talk about A-Day, because we're all going to be so jazzed, so hype. And you know, I, I talked about this yesterday before I got into the conversation with Jamie and Sherwood, and if you missed that, please go check it out. I think you really enjoy it. But you're starting to see things trend in the right direction from an attendance standpoint all over the country. And oh, yeah. I'm excited to see, because I... Unless I've missed it, and I looked for it yesterday, I haven't been able to see an official attendance policy for A-Day yet. I was just thinking the exact same thing, and I think that's something that will be wheeled out closer towards the game. I think after April 9th is is when we're going to get that. And it's an ever-changing situation. Sure. And I really don't like to talk about the coronavirus that much because it's so, you know, conversations get toxic on both sides so many times, but... When you look at the numbers right now, things definitely are a whole lot more positive now than what they were even three months ago coming out of December around Christmas yeah, time. Yeah, so. I mean, and, and I talked about before, the local hospital in, in, in Opelika, EAMC, they've done a great job, and the university's obviously benefited from that as well as just people that live in this five or six county area that they serve. So fingers crossed that we'll kind of get uh, get some more news on that because I kind of got a feeling that more people are going to go this year. One, because... A lot of people that normally got to go to games didn't get to go last year. 100%. They're probably having withdrawals from Jordan-Hare Stadium, that sweet, precious air that is inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. And also, you got a new coaching staff. Well, I'll tell you this. We just recently got information about 
press credentials for the press box, and there are still SEC protocols in place that are basically going to limit coverage for the ball game, at least in-person coverage. It's going to be treated the exact same way as it is in the fall or mm-hmm. as it was in the fall. So I wonder if that's going to carry over into how many people can come to the game. But you would imagine that at least the same amount of people that were able to come in the fall to a football game, if not more, will be able to come to A-Day when it, when it rolls around. The way press conferences are on Zoom now, I don't think it matters anymore. And I know the, the journalism purists are throwing their mobile phones all over the place. And it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but... Wait, don't you mean typewriters? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They probably are listening to the show on a typewriter, if uh, if that's the case. But but yeah, I, I just don't think it matters as much anymore. But anyway, all right, so it's been, a, it's been a fun previous two weeks. Who do you think is probably, if you had to predict, whose name is coming up the most in some of these coaching conversations that are happening behind closed doors, but very, very important conversations... Who do you think is coming up the most? Javaris Johnson is probably the easiest answer, right? Do you have anybody else? Oh, so we're talking players here, not coaches? Players, yeah. Okay. They're watching film. They're evaluating guys. They're trying to learn more about these players. These are new coaches for everybody except for Cadillac. You know what I mean? Javaris Johnson definitely has been a name where this coaching staff has glowed about when they've talked about him. They love him. In press conferences. And they've, you know, Mike Bobo name dropped him in his press conference the one time that we got him. It's important. In media availability. Right. Sometimes you see coaches, I wouldn't say lead folks astray in the spring, but, you know, you get that spring fling with a guy every year that's doing very well at this point that we don't see him in the fall. Right. I wonder if that was a thing with the previous regime. Maybe it has nothing to do with this one, but they seem to like Javarius Johnson a lot based on his conditioning. He's one of the most well-conditioned receivers out there. I would hope so. He's been in the program for several years. His body should be in a different place. Yeah. The big thing with Javarius Johnson, he's got to stay healthy. Right. He's been regarded as one of the better route runners. That's going to help him see the field because these receivers, they get, they got to be able to get open, right? And route running's a big part of that. He's explosive. That's something else this coaching staff has regarded him as. So Javarius Johnson's name has came up. When we've talked about or, or when we've heard from Brian Harson and players that he's mentioned specifically, the linebackers always come up. It's always Owen Papo and Zacoby McLean. When you're talking about this defense, that's been kind of the two hot names on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like obviously Jeremiah Wright was trending upwards in a similar he, way that he would have been Johnson the winner. Was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, he would have been the winner of the cross the whole team if he's still healthy. Yeah. And and that, that was the direction it, I was going with that. That's a bummer. It's yeah. a total bummer. I mean, obviously, you know, the guy sounds like he was working his tail off, and and we'll see what happens there. So you mentioned you mentioned the two guys that probably get mentioned the most by by Harson, and then Derek Mason loves them as well oh, yeah. with with Papo and McLean. I asked I asked Sherwood yesterday. Because he's buddies with Smoke, right? They would walk to class together. They'd hang out together. They trash talk together. Sure, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. So obviously they're close. But I asked him, "Is it Smoke's defense going into 2021?" And he said, "Yes." Really? I, and I even said, "Like obviously there's a lot of talk about Zacoby and Owen." He's like, "No, it's Smoke's defense." Really? I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Part of me wonders, and I'm not downplaying this or anything with what he said there, but part of me wonders if that's little bit because they're buddies and he's going to talk up his teammate but the other part of it is you know smoke monday does have the ability to create big plays he's been a big play safety at auburn over the last two seasons obviously notably his pick six in the iron ball and then on top of that he had a couple of interceptions last season but outside of that the meat of his game right now 
Smoke Monday, I would like to see become a more consistent competitor on the defensive side of the football on the defensive side of the football from a pass coverage perspective. I think he's kind of been hit and miss in that area. We know he's a great. We know he can pass rush, which is kind of crazy to say when you're talking about a safety. But they yeah. bring him up to the line of scrimmage, and I think he's fine in run stopping and, and in rushing the passer. I think he's fine when he's closer to the line of scrimmage. The problem is he plays a position on the defense that A, is furthest away from the line of scrimmage, right. and B, is not typically your run-stop safety. Jamie mm-hmm. Sherwood's typically your run-stop safety at that strong safety spot. But I, I do believe that Smoke Monday provides you versatility. This guy was a highly ranked recruit for, for a reason. I remember when you and I were doing a show, he was a recruit, a part of that recruiting class, and we, we made you know nicknames for this guy, like this guy's going to be you know Monday Night Football. This sure. guy's going to be playing in the NFL one day so he's definitely got the skill set I think he's definitely got the athleticism I just want to see him do it on a consistent basis yeah yeah from a leadership standpoint it seems like it is his defense mm-hmm. um, just based on kind of how Jamie was, was talking about him and and we've seen on like Snapchat stories and Instagram stories and stuff like that with you know he gets voted by his players to all you know all kinds of awards and and, and accolades and and that that matters well we know he's vocal so that helps in terms of leadership and being a leader of a defense. We know he's vocal. He's a vocal leader on the defensive side of the football. And we also know he's one of the most experienced players on that side of the football. Him and Roger McCreary, same age, I feel like, or around that same that same time period. Tyron Truesdale is the oldest guy on the defense alongside Tadarian Moultrie as well. But neither of those guys just jump off the page as leaders for me because they've been underwhelming up to this point. When you're talking about guys that have the most experience and then, you know, Roger McCreary versus Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday's a more vocal player. It definitely makes sense from a leadership standpoint when you're talking about those qualities that Smoke Monday is the leader of this defense. Right, I want to talk more about spring practice in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. I want to take a few seconds here to talk about our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years You can go to rockauto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet. Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints, when he does this read, he talks about how he used Rock Auto um, because, like, somebody stole his his tailgate on his truck, and so he was just bought a new one (laughs) from rockauto.com. That's the kind of selection that they have at rockauto.com. So head over to the website, rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV, right? Locked on Auburn in there. How did you hear about us? Box in the note that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going back to kind of guessing and predicting what these coaches and who these coaches are talking about, because the depth chart, with the exception of the defensive line, in my opinion, has pretty much gone chalk with where the coaching staff left off last year and I think the best example of that is the offensive line when do you think we're going to see a different offensive line because I'm of the camp there's no way you can start the same five guys I just don't think you could do it same and there's obviously different types of issues partially regarding around chemistry I said this on your show 
and on my show several times. Yeah. I don't know how you look at the left side of the line and think, hmm, that doesn't need to change. Right. Because there were major issues, whether you put that on Tayshawn Manning or whether you put that on Alec Jackson. It definitely seems like more of it's been put on Jackson than it has been on Manning because this coaching staff appears to absolutely adore Tayshawn Manning. He's another name that's came up in discussions and oftentimes. I think Brian Harson has a picture of Tayshawn Manning up in his house. <laughs> he loves him. I, I don't see how Nick Brahms gets replaced at center. I yeah. expect Brandon Council to be on the line somewhere. Okay. He can play all five positions, and he has experience at all five positions. If he isn't going to play at guard, I think your most likely locations for him center. are the center and uh. the left tackle position, probably more likely center than left tackle. I don't like tackle. him at ta- – and this is a Brandon Council podcast. We love Brandon Council. He follows my personal Instagram because he knows yeah. how much I love him. The love is mutual, I hope. I don't see him at tackle either side. I just don't see it. And I definitely think it's more likely center. I'm just saying if, if he's not playing guard, I definitely don't think he's going to end up at right tackle. So if he was going to end up in a spot that wasn't center, there's only two spots there, center or left tackle. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think it's more likely he ends up at center if he's not playing guard. But then if this coaching staff really does adore Tayshawn Manning as a starter, then Tayshawn Manning probably stays at left guard. And then that means Brandon Castle is going to be right guard, which means no Keandre Jones because I think – I think you look at Broderius Ham, he, he's going to be the starting right tackle. I feel very confident in that. Nick Brahms, I would imagine, is going to end up starting at center because I don't like necessarily what's behind him from an experience standpoint. I also don't think that they, because of that, they can't be better than Nick Brahms because they just haven't played. And then over at left tackle, you got to wonder what you're going to do. And I think the biggest open position right now on this line is the left tackle spot which aside from center is definitely not the position that you would want to be uncertain going into the next year because it's one of the most important positions on the offensive line but they got to figure out what they're going to do at left tackle I don't think the plan is for Alec Jackson there but you know the other two guys that are below him on the depth chart have dealt with substantial injuries to their legs which hinder your athleticism and hinder your productivity at that spot you need to be super athletic at left tackle I think it's a major weak point for this Auburn team they're going to have to find a way to minimize that weakness regardless of whoever is playing at that position. Troxel's been the number two left tackle in everything that we've seen so far. And I think I like Alec Jackson more there than Troxel, which is saying something. Which is experience-based probably as well. That and I just, I like the upside of Alec Jackson more than Troxel. Like, obviously athletic. Obviously athletic. You just wonder what didn't but, click for him, right? Yeah, I mean, and he's clunky, but like so is Troxel. So like, I don't know. I don't think switching that is. And I think I think Alec Jackson is significantly more reliable. You know, I I hate to put the injury prone label on a kid, but like, I don't trust Troxel to last the full season. Sure, that's fair. He's been hurt a lot. He's been at Auburn like every year, and he's been hurt. So when you talk about the left tackle position or just the tackle position in general. This coaching staff did was asked about it at a press conference. I can't remember which one. It was one of Brian Harson's media availabilities, and he was talking about the tackle position. I remember Brian Matthews was the one who asked it. Okay. But he was talking about a little the, Brian on Brian. <laughs> there you go. And uh, he was he was talking about the tackle position. He said, you know, you're trying to evaluate who has the length, who has the athleticism to play the tackle spot. It's a very specific position on the offensive line. And when I look at the tackle position right now partially due to injuries but also due to the fact that you moved the defensive tackle over to that side of the football now with Alec Jackson 
I don't know if I see a natural fit at that position, which is a which is a major indictment of the mm-hmm. previous coaching staff. And I kind of feel like we get little digs here left and right. Maybe not digs, but just little kind of like nudges like, hey, well, the previous they, they coaching did, staff didn't recruit it. They, they, they didn't make it hard. They didn't make it hard to, you know, to, to give those digs. I'm team Brennan Coffee. That's just I'm going to die on that hill until the season starts and he doesn't play. That's but just that's just where I'm at. It's been ghost. You know, there's, there's no I don't I've not heard the name Brennan Coffee once. Well, you don't listen to the show very much because I love. <laughs> I know you do. I just meant from the from the but coaches. That's it, though. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But really, outside of Tayshawn Manning and a little Broderius Ham, like you haven't heard any offensive lineman name. But no. you hear Tayshawn Manning plenty. Yeah, plenty. All right, uh, let's look ahead in just a moment. Right here on Locked On Auburn, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You've only got a few more college basketball games left, but a ton of NBA. And uh, happy opening day to all of uh, all of our pro baseball people and uh, the few of you that watch hockey. So BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's got you covered with all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets online, and it's free to sign up. So head over to their website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your account, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar in the entire world. We've been talking about it for a while now. The amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And uh, now it's time to figure out which bar is the best. And I believe today is a championship. And I believe we are playing or we are getting to watch the showdown between Coconut Brownie Chunk and Mint Brownie. It's funny because, like, I like them. They're fine. My wife likes both of those a lot more. I'm just not a mint fan, and I'm not a coconut fan. Whatever. You guys have heard my rant. Y'all guys, uh, you you gave me a, a huge uh, response when I talked about coconut. So I I apparently just drove that home. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad I was able to get that across. But uh, I I think it's a shame that peanut butter brownie's not in this. I think it's actually pretty messed up, and I'm part of the blame for that. That's on me. But go to BuiltBar.com and, and vote. I think this will be fun to see who wins. Or you can go on Twitter, bar underscore built. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So if you had to predict Noah Gardner of On The Line, who are going to be some names that pop in the second half? of spring practice maybe guys that have kind of set up things I mean do you think somebody's going to make a rise because we talk about these conversations that are happening behind closed doors among coaches I think you're going to see guys that have been lining up with the twos get chances to line up with the ones is there a guy that we're not talking about who could it be I think the edge position has a chance somewhere on the edge position obviously offensive line maybe wide receiver I'm not really seeing it I think the defensive backfield set you were on my show on Wednesday, and I definitely it's something that you said is that the defense should win every scrimmage in the spring, and so I definitely think it's easier for. Are you about to say Romello Height? Are well, you about no. to say Rome- oh. uh, I was just going to say that I definitely think it's easier for a defensive player to pop than an offensive player to pop. So I definitely think when you're talking about the edge position, there's a lot of room, especially with sure. how open the tackle position is or the left tackle position is for Auburn at the moment, for there to be havoc 
wrecked. I, I spoke with Robbie Weinstein of Andy 24-7. He was talking about some of their spring practices. Okay. And uh, he was saying the defense knows the snap count right now. They're pretty much only running on, on one snap count at the moment. And so it's kind of just the defense teeing off at the moment. I, I don't know if I don't know if it's a similar situation at Auburn right now, but they are installing a new that would offense. That suck as it, an offensive lineman. It would, but – you know, when you're talking about Auburn right now, you wonder if they're in the same situation. I don't have any info on that, but you wonder right. if they're in a similar situation because they're installing a new offense. It can't be too complicated at the moment sure. on that side of the ball. So, obviously, if they're, it, it, I'm going to go the hard route here. I'm not going to talk about the defense. I'm going to talk about the offense because I think the okay. obvious answer is that a defensive player will pop. For me, on offense, specifically Romello Height, who I sure. love. Let's okay. we'll go with Romello Height. <laughs> Can you share the nickname or how you would refer to Romello Height uh, if he became an elite player on the defense? If, if he ends up becoming a beast, his portion of the defense, I want to call Romello Heights. Like, do not venture there. Like that is his. That is his territory. Uh-huh. Romello Heights. I love that. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I interrupted you. So on the offensive side, though, I wonder where all these skill position players are at. You know, like. None of the receivers are really talked about other than Javarius Johnson. Right. But how much meat is there on that? Because, look, we all may be talking about how wide open this room is, but, look, I feel pretty safe in saying Elijah Canyon's going to be your ex. Kobe Hudson is going to start as well, and Xavier Capers is going to start. As much turnover as there was at the wide receiver position, I actually believe this is kind of set in stone yeah. going into the regular season. Like, there's still going to be three guys, at least, in front of these other players that are on the fringe. Not to mention, Shedrick Jackson's got loads of experience. You got Kalen Newton out there, who's also got more experience than Malcolm Johnson Jr. and Javarius Johnson as well. I just have a hard time seeing the path to playing time because you're not going to rotate seven different wide receivers, six different wide receivers across this core of the year. You're going to have a core group of receivers, three max four and you're going to see those guys majority of the time and then maybe in special situations gadget situations you might have a fifth or sixth guy see the field sparingly throughout the rest of the season so the receiver position I don't think you see it I'm looking at the running back spot right now when am I going to hear Devin Barrett's name when am I going to see this because at some point this guy's going to get more reps on the offensive side of the ball. Just like you said, the running back room is sparse. Mm -hmm. you got three guys on campus right now at Auburn that are playing running back. Tank Bigsby is going to, like, you know he's going to be the starter. Right. But at some point, you're going to be giving extra reps to Sean Shivers and Devin Barrett. And you already know what you got in Sean Shivers because he's been playing for this long. So it leads you to say, the next guy to get major reps, if I'm just predicting something here, and I could be wrong because, once again, there's not a whole lot of information coming out of Auburn's camp at the moment. But if I'm going to look at the offensive side of the ball and say a skill position player that we haven't heard anything about, that I'm just going to be like, all right, this guy's going to come up in conversation, Devin Barrett, because he's he's got to be getting more comfortable over time and he's going to get more reps. Sure. And, and you kind of wonder, are they just going to treat the running back position like, a, hey, we know we're going to get a guy over the summer from you know one of these smaller divisions of football that are playing right now? And that's just the plan? Or maybe they like Jarquez Hunter more than Devin Barrett. Like this coaching staff does seem to glow about Jarquez Hunter as well when asked. Sure, sure. So, is there a picture of him right next to Tayshawn Manning and I Brian would, Harson's I wouldn't home? say it's at that level, but <laughs> I think he's got to get on campus first. They've got to at least be able to take the picture. Uh huh. So. Yeah. No, that makes sense. <laughs> Tell us about what's going on in your show, man. Yeah, a lot of spring football right now. That that's uh, you know you're you're in the off season, the thick of the off season, and unfortunately, you know these these press conferences from Brian Harson actually are getting blander and blander as uh-huh. we go because you know some of the newness is wearing off, but also like you're past the point where you're talking about the vision for the program. Now you're right. the execution and coach speak is definitely a thing, and I think we're getting the Brian Harson that's you know 
the, the Brian Harson that called people twidiots. You know, I think that's the Brian Harson that you're getting now. But I still think that's a great Brian Harson too. And so we're we're definitely in the thick of the off season and, and you know doing our list and, and rankings and and predicting things for the future. Still doing our A day depth chart series this week. We went through our linebackers, so we're getting closer and closer to A day. What what um, position are you saving uh, for last on your uh, your depth chart series? I think the way that I've got it marked out, I think I get to special teams and it'll be the easiest of them all, right? <laughs> Until you ask me about who's going to be returning punts because uh-huh. I, I have no idea you lost Eli Stove and Christian Tut I don't know what's going to happen there and fair I, enough so that'll be that'll be fun to just you know say who do we think would be great at doing this you know so that'll be I because I, I, I don't think we know anything about that until a day rolls around who's going to be returning you know case because nobody's been asked about that everybody likes to ask about JJ Pegues every week but nobody <laughs> a, likes to ask about who's who's returning kicks right now in, in practice so are you a JJ Pegues hater no, I just think Charlie Five's a JJ Pickey's hater. I'm not a I'm not a hater. I just I think there's more of I'm more of a realist. I think that people I think there's a fascination in the media with JJ Pegues that may be a little overblown. Yeah, every people week, love him. Every week there's a question about him in an article written. And I'm just kind of like, and it's in multiple outlets that we see these articles written. I understand it's, cl- hey, it's going to get clicks, right? So you're doing clicks. your job, right? And it's also the off season and you're looking for, for any type of content that you can get. So, and then another shameless plug here. I talk a ton about SEC baseball. And so if you, if you like SEC baseball and you're one of those people that feel like it's not covered enough and you're having a hard time finding it's, it's it. It's hard to find good coverage of it. I talk about it at least one segment a day on cool. my show. I give people an update not only with Auburn but also what's going on in the rest of the league. So stay with us there on that. You can you can find some good baseball coverage there. Cool. Where can people find you? On the line 2 to 4 p.m. weekdays on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Also find the podcast wherever you get your podcast and find me on Twitter at Point Gardner. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. And we will see you tomorrow for a Ferg Friday here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.